Hello, lifers in the whirlwind. That's my new name for you. If you're listening to this, then you're, I'm going to call you a lifer in the whirlwind. (laughs) So I'll call you lifers. Does that sound good? Hello, today I, um, I'm recording this in a library conference room. So you'll hear the air duct go on and off. That's what that sound is. Um, today's episode is episode four and this episode is entitled on transformation, getting out of my own way. This episode is a natural outpouring or follow-up from episode three, which is from last week. A lot of people, a lot of listeners actually, uh, I got some emails. I had some live conversations from people with people and a, a lot of people were talking about some amazing things, some really great thoughts that they were having from episode three, um, where we were talking about moving through things and not avoiding them. So this is this is sort of uh, the natural follow-up from those questions that were being asked and a natural follow-up to where that last episode leads us, I guess. So I will take you here and hopefully that will continue the conversations as well. And thank you for those who actually did enter into a conversation this week with me and put out there kind of how that met you and what it was like for you to listen to that stuff. It was really helpful. I love hearing your thoughts. I love hearing your ideas and even struggles. I I had a really good conversation with somebody, a listener who was really struggling with the episode and we talked about why it was great. So thank you. You know who you are. Thank you for doing that brave thing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So today episode four of life in the whirlwind podcast on transformation, uh, getting out of my own way. So the reason that I, this is actually one of the podcast titles or topics that I had originally thought of a while back that I've been chewing on for quite a while. I often wonder how does transformation happen? How does change happen in people? So I'm a a professional counselor. And in my line of work, I especially wonder this question because people do change and I change and you change and we all change. But how does that happen? I, it's really, it's quite mysterious. I think we've, we've touched on this occasionally in these, in these episodes, but, um, I have a lot of wonder for myself. A lot of times I'll have this moment where I think, how did I get here? Or what happened leading up to this point that got me to this place? And I'm sure it's a series of things. But there's this great C.S. Lewis quote. I think I quoted him last week. I'm pretty sure. I like him. He's, he's a good thinker. Um, he I, And I'm sorry I didn't look this up ahead of time. I just thought of it. But I can't remember what book he says this in. But C.S. Lewis says, um, every day things stay the same. And then you look back and everything's different. And so it's kind of like we feel time in a very slow way and we feel like nothing's changing. And then suddenly one day we look back and things are very different. And maybe we would label that better or maybe we would label it worse. I don't know. Depends. But um, that's from last episode there. Uh, See what I did there. But um, I don't know how you label that, but something's changed suddenly. Or so it feels suddenly. So 
this past couple, these past couple weeks when I was cleaning out this room, which is so wonderful, by the way, I have to create a podcast episode on making sacred space, physical space. If you can, it's such a wonderful thing. It's my favorite room now. But anyway, when I was cleaning out this room in my house to make space for peace and quiet and sort of right side upping my life, um, I found this post-it note, which if you're, if you know me, you're laughing right now because I have post-it notes all over my life, my car, my wall of my office. There are just post-it notes everywhere, but I, I jot down these little ideas. I swear I keep them in business post-it note company. Um, but I found this post-it note that says idea for article or chapter getting out of my own way. And I, and I slightly remembered what I was talking about, but I actually remember as a counselor, I wrote this down as an idea because at the time I was talking with a friend about how we get in our own way as counselors. We sort of overthink things or think about things in ways that aren't actually productive or growth-oriented, and we kind of get in our own way. Maybe you can resonate with that. I don't know what that looks like for you. But um, so I found this post-it note and I put it on my binder for this podcast that I keep notes in and I put it on top of my binder. And then Saturday, which was only a few days later, I was in my, my, one of my regular yoga classes and my teacher started talking about getting out of the way to let presence and transformation happen and I was like okay this is apparently very important it keeps coming up this is the second or third time I've thought about this just this morning so I wanted to talk about that today and that's where we're going to go we're going to talk about transformation what does it look like to get out of your own way what does it look like to get in your own way and what kinds of what might this look like and um Obviously, an invitation will pour out of this at the end. So one of the things I'll start with is that um, my yoga teacher talked, when, when he talked about this, one of the things that I thought of, uh, you should probably know, I think I said, I can't remember if I said this last week, but I'm in um, teacher, teacher training to become a certified yoga teacher right now. So I have that on the brain quite a bit. But um the word asana, if you've ever been in a yoga class, the positions, the poses that you do always end in asana. That's at the end of every word for each pose. And what that means is literally a seat. It means seat or something comparable to that. And the seat, it's like finding a seat in the pose. It's finding both openness and softness in your body, but also stability in the pose that you're in, in the position that you're in. And it really has to do with being right where you are. And that's really what yoga is all about in case that's new to you. Um, Feel free to ask me questions about that if you're interested. But so this idea of finding a seat and being sort of open and stable at the same time. It's very curious, yeah? So this openness and finding a seat and finding stability, 
is finding life in the whirlwind, I think. So when I was thinking about this episode, I thought, what are the alternatives for, um, you know, what, how, do we, how do we get in our own way uh, when we're trying to seek transformation or whether that's implicit or directly or whatever that looks like? But how do we get in our own way sometimes? Here's what I think. I think the phrase that came to mind was white knuckling it. Uh, this is sort of this picture of control to me. So when you're holding something so tightly, um, maybe for dear life, <laughs> perhaps, your knuckles become white because the skin is stretched out so much from your grabbing so tightly. And this is a, probably a phrase you're familiar with, but this white knuckling it, it usually comes from feeling a lot of distress or desperation to do something, to like exert your will to alter the externals of your life. And maybe that's temporary and maybe that's on a larger scale, but it's this feeling distress and then desperation to exert your will to change the externals. But what if the only, what if transformation comes as a result of internals being changed? And that's kind of a big question, right? It's how do I not stop the whirlwind, but how do I find life in it instead? Without stopping it, how do I find life in it? And I think that is, while we tend to lean toward stopping the whirlwind or exiting the whirlwind or exerting our will to make it calm down somehow, I think there is an even greater strength and value to actually finding life in it. But how, right? That's the question. How do we do that? That's what this is all about. It's this long process of finding this out. So here's where I'm at today on this subject. This is just, I try to keep this as here and now as possible. I am a human being in process and I have a lot of stuff going on in my life that is constantly turning around and I'm tempted to adjust externals, right? I am human. I do this. So here's where I'm at today, this very moment in my life on this. Here's a question that comes up. How do you story things and how does that impact your response? So I'm using story as a verb, which isn't necessarily common for all of you. But uh, one of my favorite books, a very important book in my life, has been uh, this book called Into the Silent Land by Martin Laird, L-A-I-R-D. Again, if you know me, you've heard me talk about this book. It has been very impactful in my life, and especially in the last year. So one of the things that he talks about is he talks about how we often confuse uh, ourselves when we are, I'm trying to paint the image for you. Sorry, I'm trying to, it's not familiar to you. So I have to actually go back to remedial basics here. Like how, what is this image? The image is this, it's a mountain and there's inclement weather happening above the mountain. So maybe it's a tornado, whatever, actually for you, whatever 
the weather is that is the scariest to you, that's going to be the most effective in this analogy for you. So there's a mountain and there's the scary weather above it happening all around it. So what he says, Martin Laird, he says in this book, Into the Silent Land, he talks about how we often confuse ourselves with the weather. We feel the effects of the weather. So for, I'm just going to use the example of a tornado. So I feel the effects. I see it far off. I see it coming. I have fear. I have distress. I have desperation to get away from it. I have desperation to not be part of that tornado. That's a whole other kind of whirlwind, right? Am I right? Um, some of you have actually been through tornadoes and that's, oof, my, my. Um, so we often confuse ourselves with the weather, but what Martin Laird says here in this book is we're actually the mountain. That's our true story. We are rooted. We are grounded. And the thing that gets in the way is feelings or our perception or our internal state tells us we're the weather. Like we feel every tossing and turning of the wind. And so we assume that we are in it and part of it and are it, but really we're not. And we are the mountain. So how we story things, especially ourselves, greatly impacts the way we respond. If I story myself as the weather, as the tornado, as the whirlwind, I'm going to respond like the whirlwind would. I'm going to toss around. I'm going to go up and down. I'm going to be unstable. Uh, I'm going to be moving fast and moving out and not reliable. But the mountain, if I story myself as the mountain, my goodness, what a different story. Rooted, grounded, stable, um, observant, uh, steady, all these things. And this is our true, I, I, this is our true identity. I would argue that is hard to believe. The first time I read this, I did not believe it. So if you're not there, if you don't believe this, hang tight. Cause you, it might, you might come around. You might someday find yourself like C.S. Lewis says, not believing it, not believing it. And then one day you look back and suddenly you believe it. Um, I'm going to read another, just a really brief, uh, another sort of short essay thing here from David White. This book that I'm reading from, I read this in the first episode. Um, I wrote, I read his, his word, um, besieged. That's, that was the word, but this one is ground. I just want to read this to you because I love this book. This book is called Consolations by David White. He's a poet. Um, these are short little examinations of certain everyday words. Here's what he says. This is called ground. Ground is what lies beneath our feet. It is the place where we already stand, a state of recognition, the place or the circumstances to which we belong, whether we wish to or not. It is what holds and supports us, but also what we do not want to be true. It is what challenges us physically or psychologically irrespective of our hoped-for needs. It is the living, underlying foundation that tells us what we are, where we are, and what season we are in, and what, no matter what we wish in the abstract, 
is about to happen in our body, in the world, or in the conversation between the two. To come to ground is to find a home in circumstances and in the very physical body we inhabit in the midst of those circumstances. And above all, to face the truth, no matter how difficult the truth may be. To come to ground is to begin the courageous conversation, to step into difficulty, and by taking that first step, begin the movement through all difficulties, to find the support and foundation that has been beneath our feet all along, a place to step onto, a place on which to stand, and a place from which to step. This is our story. This is what it is to be storied as the mountain. And when we story ourselves as the mountain, we respond as the mountain. We respond with stability and courage and ability to sort of stay put in difficulty and trust in that foundation that's been beneath our feet all along. That's our story. That's your story. That's my story. If I live out of that, if I lived out of that story, even if I didn't believe it, that's where transformation happens. At least today, that's where I'm at. It's not the only place. It's not where we're going to land forever. It's where I'm at today. And I want to invite you into that. My own tendencies, I'm going to have a little realness here, real talk. My own tendencies are when I feel things are happening, when inclement weather is going on in my life, which there's plenty of, my tendency is to close up. It's to pretend that things are different, so I'll act different than what I feel. And not in a mature way always, uh, usually not actually. Um, but most of all, I, I, I don't invite others to the table in the same way that I do usually. So when I feel this weather coming, I kind of close up. Like I, I roll into myself physically, psychologically, mentally, emotionally. And what I see is I see that threatening my values. I value openness. I value being my real self and, you know, to a, an appropriate degree with the right people. And um, I value that because I think it's good. And I think it gives me life. And I think it gives other people around me a different kind of life. I think it invites, you know, us being real, bringing our human selves to the, to the table, to the conversation is courageous and it's hard and it makes other people safe to do the same thing. So my tendencies, when I see that weather and when I story myself as the weather, it gets in the way of my values and it threatens my values. So when I heard my yoga teacher on Saturday, it was just so timely because there was something that sort of came up this week in my life that felt like pretty extreme weather and it rocked me, to be honest. Not, nothing, nothing like, you know, I'm okay, but, but it, it shook me. It sort of like trembled me a little bit at the core. And so when my yoga teacher said, don't, you know, what does it look like to get out of your own way and to let presence and attention and gravity and time 
transform you instead of the exertion of your will. That was powerful. That hit me. I was, I like had a, I had to take a beat and think about that sentence. It was very powerful. So if I stop trying to jam these square pegs into triangular holes, I, you know, when I, when I stop trying, then I start entering into, like, if I stop exerting my will to try to manipulate the external circumstances, I don't miss as much of the life that I, that's intended for me. Uh, I tend to actually notice what's intended. It's kind of like last episode. It's this, I see, I attend, I pay attention, and I learn. I make it sort of my teacher. But it is, it involves a lot of putting yourself out there. I, so I don't want you to feel like you're alone in this. If this is something that you're doing or you're interested in doing, but you're terrified, I want to invite you to trust the process. And this is not the invitation yet, by the way. This is just a mini invitation. But I invite you to trust the process and to try to get out of your own way. And maybe it's just like not exerting your will or not acting on a compulsion, like not being compelled to sort of make it right, this external pain or whatever it is, and to just sit and pay attention and to what the weather is and sort of become this observer that doesn't engage in the weather. You are the mountain. You are the mountain and you are unshakable. You are grounded. You're sitting on solid ground and you are part of that solid ground. And don't let that weather assign its story to you. It is not your story. So what's holding you back? There's so many things that can hold, hold us back from this. I think it's so easy to be held back. It's so easy to get in our own way. And sometimes it's passive and sometimes it's active. Sometimes it's known, sometimes it's unknown. So this is what this discovery process is all about. Um, how might you be white knuckling or holding on tightly to something and you're missing a kind of life or this kind of spark in the whirlwind that you might have if you released a little bit. There is a really great, I actually sent this to a friend this past week because we had a conversation about this um, when we were talking about transformation. But I actually saw this book. It's a kid's book and it's called Little Tree by Lauren Long. And I found it at one of my kid's book fairs and I randomly bought it because it looked really interesting and I don't remember else why why else I bought it I like trees a lot so (laughs) that's part of why probably to be honest but um it's a great read and it's I don't want to tell you about the book but Little Tree by Lauren Long it's a kid's book I'm sure you can get it at the library I would invite you to go take it out for the weekend or something or for the week and just read it and sit in it and see what happens. So that's the mini invitations. Now I'm going to enter into the real invitation. Get ready. Here it comes. The invitation for this week is this. Attend to how you stand in your own way. Just pay attention and try to see what it's like to not manipulate the externals of your life 
just when you feel stormy weather coming, I invite you to take a rest from exerting your will and see where time and momentum and openness naturally takes you. And notice that this involves a really different kind of energy from you, that it's, I don't know, maybe you'll call it less tiring. Maybe you'll call it more tiring at first, but different. I don't know. It just requires a very different energy from us when we rest from exerting our will. And remember that you are the mountain. Some people that I, you know, when I talk to this about people, they get really into this idea of like living out of that story and they'll write on a post-it note because post-it notes are great. They will write on a post-it note, I am the mountain, put it on their bathroom mirror or their car dashboard or inside their cabinet or something, whatever it is, like where do you, underwear drawer, whatever. Some place you go every day, stick it on a post-it note, put it in that place you are unshakable. You are the mountain. Own that that can transform you and own that you are the mountain and live out of that story and see what happens. What can go wrong? Like, what do you have to lose? You know, living out of that story, what do you have to lose? Here is my blessing for you this week as you attempt this invitation, as you enter into this invitation. This is from Julianne of Norwich. I am reading a book by her and uh, her whirlwind, for the record, historical value here. Her whirlwind was that anyone who was open to ongoing transformation and visions from God were burned alive in the public square as heretics. So she actually received what she calls these revelations from God that were loving and full of compassion and grace and mercy and kindness and love and tenderness. So imagine what she must have felt knowing that people who said they were receiving similar kinds of visions were being burned alive as heretics. That's her context. That's her whirlwind, Julian of Norwich. But this is her blessing. Um, This is her answer to the whirlwind, her mountain story. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and absolutely everything shall be well. And I would add, lifers to you, I would add that perhaps things are already okay, and that you just we just can't see it yet. But that's for a whole other episode. But this week, enter into all shall be well, and maybe all is well already. And remember, you are the mountain, and that is your story. Take great care of yourself this week. Find a life in the whirlwind, and I'll see you again next Monday.